Hello, welcome to Discovering Jazz. My name's Larry Sademan here in Victoria, BC. In this program, we all discover jazz old and new together. We'll listen to a wide variety of jazz styles and I'll present different topics, giving ideas as to what we can listen for to enhance our experience. Thanks to Peterborough Independent Podcasters for hosting this podcast. For the next 60 minutes, Discovering Jazz. thought you were listening to a jazz program. So why am I playing Chopin's Prelude in E minor? It's partly a continuation of last week where I demonstrated how an often played John Coltrane piece, Impressions, was taken from a classical composition. And previously in program 76, an introduction to jazz with Victoria's Jan Randall, Jan described the incredible influence Chopin had in the formation of jazz harmonies. And even before that, there were a few programs where guest Al Baggs talked about the cross-fertilization between jazz and classical. So here, you are hearing this lovely Chopin piece. Now, listen to this one. Oh, insensitive I must have seemed When you told me that you loved me Your heartbreak in that last look. Mm-hmm. 
Did I just turn and stare in icy silence? What was I to say? What can you say? From 2013, that's Stacy Kent. That was her husband, Jim Tomlinson, playing that lovely tenor sax. On the Secondhand Songs website, I counted about 500 versions of that Latin jazz standard, with melody written by Antonio Carlos Jobim, Portuguese lyrics by Vinicius de Moray, and English lyrics by Norman Gimbel. Here's the very first recording by Wow Gilberto from 1961. It's called Insensites. Lastly, back to that Chopin Latin jazz connection. Guitarist Jean Bertoccini, who makes Chopin's Prelude in E minor and How Insensitive into a medley.
beautiful guitar work by Jean Bertolcini. How insensitive. So how insensitive would it be for me to follow that lovely recording with Tiger Rag? insensitive thing about that recording is that it was one of the first jazz tunes ever recorded. Tiger Rag, recorded in 1917 and again in 1918, both times by the original Dixieland Jazz Band, where it became a huge hit. What is so insensitive is that it was written by the band leader, a white trumpet player named Nick LaRocca, who made the extraordinary claim that he invented jazz, totally discounting the fact that jazz was an African-American genre that he had adapted and, it seems, tried to kill. And the rather dead and uninspired playing really doesn't do much to enhance the reputation of jazz. Now I'll play an absolutely bizarre version of that song. It was a 1947 radio broadcast to sell U.S. Treasury bonds, and it featured Dizzy Gillespie, Charlie Parker, and Lenny Tristano, Ray Brown on bass, and drummer Max Roach, basically holding it all together. Here they play a bebop arrangement of Tiger Rag. Just listen to this.
Well, isn't that something? Some describe that as a train wreck. Dizzy Gillespie and friends with a pretty interesting, if all over the place, version of Tiger Rag. Totally the opposite of the first version. Next, The Gypsy in My Soul, which is a popular song written for the 50th anniversary of the University of Pennsylvania Mask and Wig Show in 1937 by two Penn graduates, Clay Boland and Mo Jaffe. Boland wrote the music and Jaffe the lyrics. Although the song did not become a big hit at the time it was written, it has become a classic over the decades, particularly in the jazz repertoire. It has been recorded by over 100 artists. Online piano teacher and jazz pianist Ron Drodhos describes it as a good beginner-slash-early-intermediate-level piece to practice improvising over, The melody is constructed around just two main melodic motifs, so there's lots of repetition. The chords of the A section consist of the common 1625, the same as used in Heart and Soul. Then the bridge is just uh, repeating 2-5, starting up one tone, and then another 2-5 going down back to the original key. I'm going to start with a lovely but fairly straightforward vocal version by Vancouver jazz singer Karen Plato. Then I'll play an instrumental version to show you some of its potential for musical improvisation. Gypsy in my soul. If I am fancy free And if I wander It's just the gypsy in my soul There's something calling me From way out yonder It's 
Vancouver is Karen Plato from her Downward Dancing album of 2008 with Toronto musicians Nancy Walker on piano, Steve Wallace bass, and Joel Haynes on drums. I do like the way she does that. She takes a few risks but keeps to the basic melody. Now, let's hear a very interesting, dynamic, and different version with underrated pianist Dwight Mitchell and Willie Ruff's excellent acoustic bass plus Charlie Smith on drums, the Mitchell Ruff Trio from 1961. 
the Mitchell Ruff Trio, Gypsy in My Soul. Jazz compositions can be simple, as we've heard by listening to those two wonderful versions of Gypsy in My Soul, which has a basic chord sequence, but some interesting jazz variations that definitely make it jazz. But jazz compositions can also be really complicated, such as this next one, Invitation by Bronislaw Caper. This is the same composer who wrote On Green Dolphin Street and High Lily High Low. The song uses each of the 12 tones as a chord root at least once, making it a mighty complex tune. Here is a version by saxophonist Lucky Thompson with Hank Jones on piano, Richard Davis bass, and Connie Kay on drums. Invitation. Thank you. 
Lucky Thompson and his quartet, Invitation. Now we'll hear a version of that tune by one of my favorite singer-pianists, Patricia Barber. You and your smile hold a strange invitation Somehow it seems we've shared our dreams but away Time after time in a room full of strangers Out of the blue, suddenly you are there Wherever I go, you're the glow of temptation Then you are gone Where or where have you gone? How long must I stay in a world of illusion? Beware you are so near yet so Hoping you'll say with a warm invitation Where have you been, darling, come in Into my
Invitation, Patricia Barber. The last jazz standard I'll play on this week's Discovering Jazz program is called I Didn't Know What Time It Was, a tune I played on an earlier program on songs for COVID-19. There are two interesting aspects of this song. The first is that the structure of the tune, or the musical story, is the reverse of the musical story of most songs. Most of those great Broadway show tunes like to build up to dramatic high notes. For this one, Richard Rodgers, the composer, builds down. There's a constant downward motion of the melody, matching the almost depressed state of mind conveyed by the lyrics. The second, and I think possibly related, is that the lyricist, Lorenz Hart, was struggling with alcoholism at the time, and he only lived another four years. Richard Rogers claims he found it hard to hear this song afterward, as it reflected that sense of losing track of time, day, and place, as during this time it would be almost impossible to find Lorenz Hart when he was needed, due to his drinking. I have a couple different versions. First, the classic Frank Sinatra recording from 1957 that starts out as a lovely ballad, then swings. Didn't know what time it was Then I met you Oh, what a lovely time it was How sublime it was too Good old Frank Sinatra. Let's uh, have an instrumental version of I Didn't Know What Time It Was. It's uh, by a duo of the great pianist George Shearing, best known for what they call block chords, where the bass note of the piano repeats what's played on the right hand, and with him is Toronto bassist Don Thompson from a 2012 album called George Shearing at Home. I Didn't Know What Time It Was.
Well, I guess I also lost track of time because I realize now we have a little time left. So I'm going to end today's program with another version of a tune that I played earlier today, Tiger Rag. And this is by Mark O'Connor's Hot Swing Trio with special guest Wynton Marcellus on trumpet. You're listening to Discovering Jazz. My name's Larry Sademan. Tune in next week. Bye for now. Thank you.